Welcome to the Vital Dawn podcast for Friday, October 13th. U.S. equity futures had a modest bid earlier. They've since faded slightly. So you have S&P futures down about five points. It's about 10 basis points. NASDAQ futures are down about 40 points or 25 basis points. And then Dow futures are approximately unchanged. In Europe, similar price action directionally. The indices there opened around flat. They've since faded. They're down about 50 basis points. You're seeing underperformance in tech, financials, healthcare. Energy is outperforming along with telecom, utility, retail, and media. Basic resources also are doing decently in Europe. And then Asia was red pretty much across the board. You had the Nikkei fall 50 basis points. The Hang Seng fell over 2%. The Shanghai Comp dropped about 60 basis points. So nothing too dramatic that happened overnight, but a few items to note. So oil has a very large bid. Prices are rallying about 280 basis points. You're now back above $88. Uh, Israel has called for an evacuation of people from northern Gaza to southern Gaza. Um, that's spooking energy markets somewhat. Um, you know, there was a threat from Iran about the potential for it to open a second front, although there are a variety of reports citing U.S. intelligence talking about how the odds of um, Hezbollah becoming involved in the war are low. And there also are continued reports suggesting that um, there has not been any evidence of a direct involvement of Iran in the specific attack from Hamas on Israel uh, Saturday. Um, but markets are very uh, are very much on edge around that whole situation. That's most likely contributing to what you're seeing this morning in terms of the dip off of the uh, earlier rally in U.S. equity futures, mostly a function of oil spiking. Eurozone natural gas also continues to move higher. Eurozone natural gas prices have exploded in the last several weeks um, for a variety of reasons having to do with supply risks, one of which is Israel. Um, Chevron operated a, a relatively large natural gas field off the coast of Israel. You also have supply issues from Finland, supply issues from Australia, and then obviously you have the ongoing war in, in Ukraine. Um, all those factors are helping to push your own gas prices higher. Um, China had a bunch of economic data out, import, export, CPI, PPI, um, M2 money supply, and then uh, Yuan lending data. All of it was mixed, none of it deviated too dramatically. Uh, the CPI was flat, so kind of moving back towards its outright deflationary territory. The uh, export-import figures were a bit better than expected. So again, I don't think data necessarily shifts the narrative all that much around uh, the China economic situation. Um, there was a report about how the government is considering an, a stock market stabilization fund. So just another example about um, Beijing pulling various stimulus levers as it looks to stabilize confidence, stabilize the market. Um, but obviously, stocks in, in Hong Kong and the mainland China didn't really react to any of that. They came for sale. Um, if anyone ever wondered what it would feel like to live in a European parliamentary government, um, we're getting a sense of it right now in the House. So Scalise pulled out of the of the voting process last night after failing to secure the requisite number of voters. Um, there is no front runner at the moment. It does not seem like a lot of the Scalise people will go over to Jordan. It doesn't seem like anyone is close to getting above the threshold. Remember, there is a speaker in place right now in McHenry, um, and it is not clear what his powers are. This is an unprecedented situation. Um, it was a succession process put in place after 9-11. This is the first time it's actually been 
executed on. So the fact that the powers of McHenry as this kind of um, temporary speaker are not clearly enumerated, which means they really don't exist. So they're he's about as powerful as the House wants him to be. So I would not be surprised at all if um, it's McHenry that has to deal with the upcoming budget um, situation. Remember, there's a November 17th budget deadline, and it's likely the White House is going to be sending emergency funding requests for Israel and Ukraine, um, perhaps bundled in one bill. Uh, and I think there there already are voices in the House calling for simply giving McHenry the ability to handle these these bills, this these legislation that's coming up. And and I would not be surprised if that's kind of what happens here, um, where McHenry kind of assumes the role of full speaker at least for the next one or two months. Um, markets don't seem to be terribly concerned about all this at the moment. Um, you know, November seventeenth is still more than a month away. The markets are somewhat myopic, and there's a lot that's going to happen before then, um, including earnings. So. Today's the first real busy morning of earnings. You get BlackRock, Citigroup, JP Morgan, PNC, United Health, Wells Fargo, all out before the open. You know, I think the income statement for these banks is probably going to be fine versus expectations. We heard from a lot of them at a recent conference, and it's unlikely that uh, the situation has deviated dramatically from that. Um, unrealized losses in bond portfolios on the balance sheet, that's going to be a big area of focus. This has been a huge concern given the move in yields. Um, and the risk that big losses can spook people again when it comes to deposits. So that's going to be watched very closely. And then commentary around credit also is going to be a big area of focus, just given indications that the low end of the consumer um, is experiencing stress and, and people will be watching again to see if banks are really seeing that. Uh, no one major reported earnings after the close last night. In addition to all those earnings, you're going to get two more inflation numbers today, including import-export prices and then the Michigan Sentiment Survey. Within the Michigan Survey, you get inflation expectations, which will be watched um, very closely. And then just quickly looking into next week, a lot on the agenda. Um, the big highlights to me will be Powell's speech at the Economic Club of New York. That's Thursday at noon. This will be prepared comments plus Q&A. I expect he will echo what his colleagues have been saying in that he will say the recent rise in yields is doing the work of the Fed, obviating the need for another rate hike. That's dovish. That's good. You know, Keep in mind, though, that the height of the ceiling is really a very small part of the overall policy package. The length of the ceiling is very important. Um, it's going to be you know, the, the, the high for long forward guidance is very much going to be reiterated. And if anything, there's a gap emerging between the current 2024 year-end data of 5.1% and the current market expectation of about 4.6%. So there's about you know, 50 basis point gap or, or two full rate moves that have emerged. And the Fed could look to try to close that with hawkish commentary. And then obviously you have the ongoing balance sheet runoff and then remember, as inflation ticks lower, and it did tick lower yesterday, so you had core inflation had, you know, move lower in September versus October on a year-in-year basis. As that continues, real rates will be increasing. So the overall force of, of policy tightening is still very intense. Um, but again, I think in the very near term, the fact that Powell could come out and endorse the messaging from his colleagues about how Given the move in yields, there isn't a need for another hike uh, that will be received well by investors. And there's a lot of earnings on the calendar next week, um, including a bunch more financials, 
um, and a few other sectors as well, including uh, Tesla and and Netflix kicking off kind of the uh, the tech earnings season. So that's everything for today. There's a lot of other news in the piece. So take a look um, on the website for all the details. And thank you everyone for listening.